If you'd like to take your seats, please. Wow. Seeing all these beautiful children and families and dedicating their little ones back to God. Absolutely brilliant. So good morning. Good morning. <laughs> brilliant. Thank you very much. What an incredible morning so far. If we haven't met before, my name is Jackie and I am one of the priv- one of the it's my privilege to be one of the pastors here at church. Now, some of you may know, before I became a minister, I was a primary school teacher. So when I actually say I love kids, I really do love kids. Absolutely, they are such a gift and blessing. And it's an absolute privilege to be here this morning, dedicating these beautiful children back to God. But even though I'm not a primary school teacher anymore, I am still the children's director here, so I still get to work with kids every week. And I just have to say, do you know what? Our God Tots team and our Kids Church team and our youth team, they work so tirelessly behind the scenes. I know Pastor Linda's already just briefly said that as well, but I've just got to say it's an absolute privilege to serve alongside them on a Sunday and also lead them as well. You probably see me in a bright turquoise t-shirt running around the place with clipboards and radios and things like that, but it's an absolute joy to do. Because at the end of the day, we want all our children to know the goodness of God. We want all our children to know that they have a loving Father. And it's great spending time with them on a Sunday, seeing that. So today, as we've already said, it's Mother's Day. And just before, you know, we we go into that, you know, I appreciate that Mother's Day can be tough for some people too. And for some, it can be a really great day, and we're celebrating mums and grandmas and godmums and aunties and special friends and all that sort of thing. But also, it can be a day where some people just feel a bit of sadness, a bit of a sting in their heart or a lump in the back of their throat. There could be anxiety or worry because maybe not always a relationship has happened right with your mum, or it could be that your, that your mum or grandma has gone up to be with the Lord. So I just want to really say today, you know, as I was preparing this message this week, I was really feeling that on my heart because I know how tough this day can be for so many. And I want to encourage you, wherever you are in that journey, you're not alone because God is walking that journey with you too. And I just want you to feel that encouragement in your heart, whether you're in the building today or on the camera, watching at home or at work, wherever you are, or watching back later, just to be encouraged that God is right there in that situation with you. And I appreciate that pain and grief is very personal to that individual person, but I do know what it's like a little bit on a certain day of the year where it is a bit more of a struggle. And it's almost highlighted on that certain day that you haven't got what you, what you want in your life. Um, 20 years ago, my, my dad very, very suddenly passed away. One minute he was here, and then all of a sudden he wasn't. And I'll be honest, it shook me right to the core, r- inside. And I remember Father's Days coming along and just thinking, do you know what, I'm just going to hide at the bottom of my bed. I just... I just don't want to deal with this. I just, I can't deal with it because everywhere I looked, everybody else had their dad and that's what I wanted. 
And I remember at that time how God really showed me something. He doesn't leave you in that pit of pain. In Psalm 147, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. In Isaiah 41, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God and I will strengthen you and I will help you and I will hold you with my righteous right hand. And that's exactly what God does. My testimony is that. And that's what God did. He upheld me with his righteous right hand. And he used that situation to give him the glory. For me personally, he used all that grief and pain and he set me free from that. But as part of that, he also took me on a journey to get to know him more. He took me on a journey so I could develop a relationship with God. He didn't leave me there struggling. He took me on a journey of discovery. And that is how my journey of becoming a, becoming a follower of Jesus began. It began in such a painful way. And I'll be honest, there were some days where I thought, I'm really not going to be able to do this. I really can't get up. I really can't do this. But God took me through that and used all that for his glory. And 20 years later, do you know what? Father's Day sometimes does do a bit of a sting, but it's okay because I know that God's got me and he's walking with me. So today, we're going to continue on our theme of faithful God. And God's faithfulness is seen over in the Bible for many different people. It doesn't mean that it's easy because we've got God in our lives, but it does know that we will receive eternal life and blessings from God when we walk with him. And God is faithful with his promises too. Last week, if you were here or watched online, Chris Cartwright, Elam's general superintendent, shared about Abraham. And we heard about God's faithfulness to his people. And God is true to his promises I'm faithful for what he says he will do. In Deuteronomy 7, 9, know therefore that the Lord your God, he is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to thousands of generations who love him and keep his commands. So we're going to carry on and we're going to look at Hannah in the Bible from the Old Testament in the book of 1 Samuel. And as we've said, this is something that we do share with our families as they are preparing to dedicate their children. We do a dedication preparation class, and it helps them understand the biblical um, principles of dedication, but also like the logistics of how to get up on the stage and what to do and where to stand, all that sort of thing. So let's go have a look at Hannah and put her into a bit of context. So Hannah, as we've just said, Old Testament, Married, but had no children because she wasn't able to. Hannah also um, was, ma Hannah was married, and his hus her husband, sorry, had another wife, and her name was Pania, and she did have sons and daughters. And in these times, not having a child, it wasn't like today. Hannah was socially disgraced. She wasn't accepted into the community because she didn't have any children. And Hannah was deeply grieving in her heart because she wasn't able to give her husband, who she loved so dearly, a child. And we read in there, in the, in the first chapter, 
that they go off and they prepare a sacrifice to God. And um, her husband, Elkanah, was giving out the portions. But he gave a double portion to Hannah because he loved her that much. And I think as well, he also saw the pain that she was going through. So he gave her a double portion and they went off and continued to praise God at Shiloh. So if we have a look, chapter one, we read, in deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly, and she made her vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. Here, Hannah, in deep, deep anguish, is asking God for a son, but then willing to give him back to God. I mean, how hard must it have been for Hannah to make that prayer in such desperation and in such pain? But she wanted to give him back to God. This was her vow. And if God blessed her, she was going to have a son that would be raised as a Nazarite. And a Nazarite are men and women that are set apart from the community and raised as spiritual leaders. And one of the, one of the rules of being a Nazarite is you can't cut your hair, hence that part in the, in the verse before. So Hannah makes this prayer. And a priest, Eli, sees her. Now, in the Bible, it talks about the fact that her mouth is moving, but no words are coming out. And the text tells us that she's praying to God. But Eli thinks that she's drunk on wine, and that it's actually an offense in those days to drink in the tabernacle. So even though Hannah was in such a state of torment and pain and despair, and now she's being accused of being drunk... She answers Eli in a calm and firm manner. I mean, that just shows the character of Hannah. You know, she's there in all this pain and, and, and torment and, 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 and crying out to God. And obviously, there's a false accusation against her. And she answers Eli in a calm and firm manner. One of the translations read was a firm and polite manner. That was, that was just, you know, I loved that. She's there on the spot and she answers in such a way of respect to, to Eli. And Hannah says, not so, Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring my soul out to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of great anguish and grief. Eli's response to her was a priestly blessing, but Hannah's demeanor changes. And in verse 18, it says her face was no longer downcast. No longer downcast. So Hannah has gone before God, cried, wept. We've even read in the text before that she didn't even eat her meal, so she wasn't eating either. And she takes her situation to God, but then she left it with God. And because of that, her demeanor changes. Her face is no longer downcast. She gets up and she gets on with life, knowing that God has heard her prayer. It affected her mood. Like I said, she wasn't eating. 
but she left it with God. So can I encourage you today, if you have a situation, take it to the Lord like Hannah, something weighing in your heart, and leave it with God like Hannah. Hannah operated in faith to a faithful God. And this must have been so hard for her, but she knew it was the only option she could do. So my first point today is whatever is on your heart, whatever your situation, take it to God. Let him know your heart's desires. And as hard as that may be, leave it with God because he hears our prayers. We know this. He hears our prayers. And God is bigger than any situation that we are in. God is bigger. He sees the bigger picture, which obviously we don't. We must not lose faith or become doubtful because God has heard our prayers. Later on, we read that Hannah becomes pregnant at the end of the chapter and she gives birth to a son. And Hannah names him Samuel because I asked the Lord for him, it says in verse 20. And another translation in Hebrew is God has heard. What a fitting name for Samuel. God has heard. And God heard Hannah's prayer and was faithful with and blessed her with Samuel. But then Hannah was obedient. So my second point today is be obedient. Hannah didn't have her son and ride off into the sunset. Not at all. She was obedient to God. Instead, she took Samuel and all the items needed for a sacrifice, which is things like wine, flour, and a bull to sacrifice. And she went to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. It wasn't a rushed decision. Obviously, Hannah had been planning this, no doubt, while she was carrying Samuel because she wanted to honor her vow to God in the right way. She took a precious little boy, got all her things together, and off she went. And when she got to Shiloh, she met Eli. Do you remember the priest we spoke about before? So together they offered a sacrifice to God. And it says in 1 Samuel, Pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live, I am the woman that stood here beside you, praying to God. I prayed for this child, this child, and the Lord has granted me what I have asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. How hard. Her precious little boy, how hard, but she was faithful and she was obedient to honor her vow to God. Have you ever been in a situation where you've had to be obedient to God? And it's hard and it's a struggle and it's difficult and a challenge and you can't see the way forward. Can I encourage you today? Let's be like Hannah, obedient to God, no matter how tough no matter how difficult. So if we move on, Hannah's prayer in chapter two. If you haven't read Hannah's prayer before, can I encourage you to have five minutes on on your busy day just to have a look at that because the prayer is from Hannah's heart. And that is her response to God for the miraculous Samuel. As I was reading and looking at each verse of the prayer, I was drawn back to Mary's song 
which we see in the New Testament, back in Luke 1. And we read about Mary, the mother of Jesus, who visits her cousin Elizabeth. And there we see this beautiful song that Mary, Mary's said, all about glorifying God and giving praise to God. It's really interesting if you think about it, these three ladies, we've got Mary, we've got Elizabeth and we've got Hannah, all three mums, all pregnant in such miraculous ways. Samuel and John, you know, had their faith in God and they were sent for God's people. And Jesus, who was sent as the ultimate sacrifice for you, me, for us all. And I love how all the Bible connects through Honestly, I get excited when I'm reading and flicking through, seeing how it all works together. When I was reading Hannah's prayer and Mary's song and looking at the similarities, I always felt God is God. So you've got the God of the Old Testament and the New Testament written years and years apart, but the faithfulness of God never changes. Never changes. He remains constant, he remains faithful, and he remains in control. And that is really relevant for us all today because the God of the Old Testament and the New Testament is the same faithful God that's right here with us now in the Savoy Theatre in March 2022. It remains the same. So let's... that's exactly how I felt. You know, I had this light bulb moment and I just thought, you know what? God is in control. It's the same God. It really, honestly, I was getting so excited as I was typing and it just really hit home to me how it's the same God. So as we lead and look into the prayer of Hannah, the third point I'd like to leave with you today is about praising God. Praise God. Hannah praises God with a heart full of love, full of praise, full of thankfulness to our faithful father. And he gave her her heart's desire, but she remembered to say thank you for the gift. Thank you for Samuel. In chapter two, my heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord, my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like you, Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. Here, Hannah is glorifying in full adoration for God. Hannah says, in the Lord, my horn is lifted high, meaning when we're talking about a horn, symbolizing victory and strength and power. And that's exactly what happened to Hannah. She experienced God's power and strength. And she was so overjoyed because God had answered her prayer. And she knew that she belonged to God. She then goes on to saying, no one as holy as God could ever compare to God and his power. There is no one more holy, more powerful, more strong than God. There is no comparison. Then God then goes on to saying, the rock of God, meaning that he'll protect and keep us safe. Later on, it talks about the bows of the warriors are broken, but those who are stumbled are armed with strength. Those who are full hire themselves out for food, 
but those who are hungry are hungry no more. Referring to those who feel weak and in need of strength and renewing, and it will be renewed by God. And Hannah knew that feeling oh so well, drowning in her pain, knew that God had to carry her through that season. He will guard the feet of his faithful servants, but the wicked will be silenced in a place of darkness. In this verse, Hannah is saying that those who are faithful will overcome their situation. And just like Hannah, relied on God's power and strength to overcome her barrenness. So we've got three points there, church, for today that I just want you to resonate in your heart. Take it to God because he is in control and bigger than any situation. Be obedient to God because he sees the bigger picture and the good plan for each of us. Praise God with a heart full of worship because he is worthy of all the praise. And just as we're coming to an end now, I just think it's really important that we also think about in the context of the story as well, it's important to remember that God hears our prayers and he wants the best for us because he loves us. But to say it might not happen the way you expect or the way it looked, the prayer might not be answered the way you would imagine. Hannah's heart was for a child. That was her heart's desire. And God did bless her. She had faith knowing that he had a good plan for her. And this is the same for us all here today in the, in the building or online. And God knows what you need exactly the right time. And we can rest securely in knowing he has a good plan for each one of us. I have a very dear friend who's in her 90s now. And over the years, she's always said to me, Jackie, Jackie, nestle with God. Don't wrestle with God. Because whenever I had these great big moments in my life and I'm trying to obey God and, and I feel like I'm butting heads and, and I'm not getting where I need to get God, and she'd, she'd just come in a quiet way, bless her, tap me on the shoulder and just say, Jackie, nestle, stop wrestling. Let God be God. He's in control. And I think sometimes we have to let that go over and be with God because we can't, we can't see it, we can't work it out, but God can. And it just, it really made me think as well as I was, pray, as I was praying, praying and preparing the message today. Personally, that is something I've had to struggle with. I'm going to be honest. Many years ago, well, ten and a half years ago, Lee and I got married. And it was incredible, absolutely incredible. We got married in the July, had a great summer holiday. As I said, I was a teacher, went back to school in September. But then I started to get ill. At first, it was like, oh, I've got a bit of tummy ache, I don't feel right. But gradually, it progressed and it got into, Lee was literally carrying me into A&E at midnight because I was in such abdominal pain. And I thought, God, I'm newly married. We were just, we were living with my mum when we got married and we were just moving into our little two bedrooms, little, little terrace house, two up, two down. I thought, God, what is going on? 
you know, I've waited for a husband and I've, I've prayed and now I'm here and what is going on, God? And it was so hard because obviously at that time as well, newly married, just moved into our home. I'm going to be honest, I was in my 30s. There's a clock ticking. Maybe there's some ladies in the room today who understands that. And I thought, you know, it's our heart's desire to have a baby, but it just, it couldn't happen. And I remember so clearly in that situation, and it takes a time, you know, when you've gone to the hospital, you have to go through consultants and tests and appointments. And by this time, I'd lost two stone in weight. I was like seven stone wet through. I was not healthy. But I had this moment when I remembered the prayer that Lee and I made when we got married. We said, Father God, you know, can you bless us with a child? You know, we weren't, we weren't you know, picky or anything, boy, girl, whatever. We just said, a child, happy and healthy, because that's every mum's desire. But we also prayed for a happy and healthy mum too. So in my mind, I was just focusing on the, on the child bit, I'll be honest. I wasn't thinking about me. I was just focusing on that. So all these tests happened, radiation tests, all of that happened. And gradually, they found what was wrong with me. It appears that I'm allergic to wheat and gluten. Who knew? I could eat bread, and then all of a sudden, I couldn't. But one of the other things, because I'd gone through such an extensive time of tests, they found a growth in my bowel. Here I am, 31 with a growth in my bowel. And my consultant, I'll never forget this day, he comes literally skipping into the consultation room with almost a smile on his face and proceeds to tell me I have a growth in my bowel. And I'm like, am I missing something? You know, but he says, no, 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 you're not hearing me, Jackie. What I'm saying is, your growth is so small, we don't normally find it. It's amazing, it's a miracle we've actually found it this small because apparently growths grow and become bigger and sinister like five, ten years down the line. But my, my consultant was like, don't worry, we can do that. We can get rid of it, a couple of days off school, absolutely fine. This is amazing. We don't normally find them this small. And that's when I remembered the prayer that we made to God. Happy and healthy baby, happy and healthy mummy. I wasn't a healthy mummy, but God knew because he saw the bigger picture and knew that I had to become happy and healthy, and then maybe he would bless us with a child. So we all go through all the procedures and everything, everything's fine, this teeny tiny growth, off it goes, job done, brilliant. And then we started to pray for our, for our, for our daughter. So time goes on, I get healthy again, I get strong again, I put weight back on, and then God blessed us with our daughter, who's now eight and a half, running around full of joy, who's happy and healthy, and a happy and healthy mum. So please don't misinterpret what I'm saying. What I'm saying there is, I'm not saying that, you know, if you are asking God for a child or a movement in your situation or your circumstance, I'm not saying it's because there's illness there or anything like that. What I'm saying is that God answered my prayer not in the way I expected. He got me happy and healthy and then blessed us with a child. So let's remember that. So let's remember that God will hear our prayers, but he will answer them according to his will and in his timing. So church, if you're able to, could we, could we stand? 
And let's just take a moment. Maybe there's some of us here today, whether online or in the building or watching back later, that have a heavy heart. Maybe you have a heart's desire and it's burning, burning in your heart. Or you have the situation that's weighing you down. This is an opportunity today to leave it with God, just like Hannah did. So when we walk out of here today, church, we can stand tall. The weight is not on our shoulders because God is carrying that. We can stand tall and bold in the confidence knowing that God has got us and he hears our every single prayer. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you are a faithful God. The same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Thank you, God, you know each one of us and our heart's desire. And Lord, before we, we lay before you, God, all that we are carrying in our hearts... We lay it before you, God. We can't carry it on our own and we're giving it to you. And Lord, we ask that we may rest and nestle with you. Knowing that you love us and that you have plans for us to prosper. May we leave this building today or our homes or our workplaces standing tall and strong in confidence, God, knowing that you have got us. And Lord, we offer all these prayers up to you because we love you, Lord. Our hearts are full of adoration for you and we praise your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Amen.